Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know us, that HR analytics platform helping you with HR dashboards, custom metrics and reports, and data quality. That's right. We know that a lot of you HR leaders out there are pulling out your hair and stressed out about the reporting process, always thinking there has to be a better way. You're tired of those manual, tedious, time-consuming spreadsheets, and you just for once just want to have an easy process of delivering workforce insights to your leadership. Well, look no further. That's why we created Employee Cycle. You simply connect Employee Cycle to your HRIS and other HR systems. We bring in all that data, and shortly after, you can view, share, track, and analyze all that data from one source of truth. Go to EmployeeCycle.com, check it out, get a demo. We would love to explore how we can become your partner to help you automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and our company, because today we have an awesome guest. So please help me welcome to the show, Nikki Craig. She's the HR manager over the Americas at LastPass. And today we're discussing how to build a culture of leadership. Nikki, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This is awesome. And we're so excited to have you here. So Nikki, we're going to kick off this show the best way we know how. And that's by asking you, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? Yeah, so um, it actually started in college. Um, I was looking at what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And I started off in psychology and I really thought I wanted to be a psychologist uh, because I loved working with people and, you know, just helping them in their day-to-day lives. Once I got into abnormal psychology in college, I was terrible at that. So I was like, hmm, maybe being a psychologist or a psychiatrist is not for me. So I started thinking about what else could I do that I could focus on helping people. And one of the things that I came across was HR. So I did a little research and I found out like this could really be my knack because there's so many different areas of HR that you can be in. You can be in recruiting, you can be in an HR business partner, a generalist, you can be in talent development, building great talent programs. So I thought that could really be something that I'd, I'd like to do. And I had my first internship. And I was working in um, organizational and talent development. And I was like, yep, this is for me. So I have been working in HR ever since. That is awesome. And we always appreciate a good HR origin story. So Nikki, today we're talking about how to build a culture of leadership. And before we go into what this looks like, the first thing I would want to know to you or from you is what does leadership mean to you? Oh, that is a great question. I think leadership is a lot about, it's not just managing people, right? It's not managing people's daily tasks, but really inspiring people to be the best people that they can be and helping people grow into the best person that they can be. So when I think about um, some great leaders that I've come across in, in my lifetime, they've 
inspired me to go above and beyond, but also have helped me grow into the person that I wanted to be based off of my career goals or life goals. So to me, leadership is really about working with people and figuring out where they want to go, inspiring them to achieve and uh, strive for those goals, and then also helping them get there and removing any roadblocks. So really being that support for them, um, that that's really leadership in a nutshell for me. And I'm assuming just because you're not in a leadership position doesn't necessarily mean that you can't be a leader, correct? Of course, of course. Um, I think no matter what position you're in, whether that's directly managing people or just being an individual contributor, everybody can be a leader. Um, I grew up playing sports, so I actually played um, soccer my whole life. And when times are tough, you know, everybody needs to be that person, like inspiring everybody to work a little bit harder. Like we can do this guys. So, um, no matter where you are, uh, in your career, or if you're a manager or not a manager, you can be that inspirational force and uh, leader for anybody. Got it. So to make sure that we are having the most actionable conversation for our audience as possible, I would love to create a couple steps here in regards to building a culture of leadership. So what would you think is the very first step for any HR people leader listening who would like to build a culture of leadership? Is it doing assessments to figure out how people in leadership roles are doing and looking at some type of feedback or performance reviews? Is it doing a survey of just asking people, how do they feel about leadership? Is it trying to provide leadership training and then getting feedback there? What do you think is the very first step of this culture of leadership? I think that is a really great question. So for me, before even going out and doing any sort of assessment on how managers are doing, I think it's really important to come up with leadership competencies that you want to see within your business. So I think for me, what I have done in the past when we haven't really had any sort of um, leadership model or leadership competencies, it's taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture of, okay, where do we want this business to go and who do we need in what seat um, in order to get this business to the next level? So first, it's really taking that information and building out a leadership model with competencies um, such as a change agility. So if you know your business is going to be going through rapid change um, in the near future, it's really important that leadership has the ability to manage that change for employees. So coming up with those competencies is going to be hugely important before you even start the assessment process of, are our managers good? Do our employees like the leadership that we have today? It's really important to have those competencies in place first. That's an awesome place to start. So now that I've brought together my team and my company and truly understood not only what are our goals, but also how do those goals translate into leadership competencies so that we can either make sure that our existing leaders have that and or make sure that we're hiring new leaders, they have that. What is the next step? Next step after that? Wow, you're really putting me on the spot here. (laughs) Yeah, that's what we do here. Yes, yes. Um, I love it. No, so after you have those competencies, um, it's 
it starts off with those competencies, building the leadership model, and then doing an assessment, um, kind of like you said, of, hey, let's start assessing how our current leaders are exhibiting these competencies. So um, building out an assessment process, um, whether that's through performance reviews or whether that's through some, some other mode of surveying, I think that's an important next step is to really understand where your current managers or leaders within the business sit um, as it relates to those competencies and then figuring out what is that strategy going to look like for each one of those managers uh, to develop into those competencies where they may need a little bit more development. So building out a development plan for them in order to help them become all of those competencies that we need within the business. And I'm assuming as you're talking to all these different managers and leaders of the business, and as you're looking at all of the different gaps that they have, these plans need to be highly personalized, correct? Or are you looking as an aggregate and saying, well, 90% of our leaders are missing this, so we'll try, we'll try to do some type of group training. Is there, is there only a room for personalized plans here or can any, or sometimes are they also group? Or is a or is there room for a blend in between as well? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, some of the things that you'll work with from a leadership perspective are, are going to be highly personalized, but I think there's a lot of opportunity here to do group training as well. So, like you said, if you noticed, ninety percent of the managers are are we're seeing a gap in their change agility. We can have a change agility, you know, class for everybody so that we're teaching similar things to everybody. If we notice, you know, 5% of our leaders are missing some other sort of competency, maybe that's where you get a little bit more personalized and help them choose different development items to really focus on that specific competency. As you're assessing the competency gaps of your existing management team, does it ever get to a point where some of your existing managers might have so many gaps that you realize they're not a good fit for what your business is, or there's always room for improvement. And so regardless of how many gaps any individual manager or leader may have, the plan is to always make sure that you're filling in those gaps so that they can meet the needs and meet the expectations of what a manager or leader should look like moving forward. Yeah, that that's a really good question. So I think there is a point where sometimes we have to look at the situation realistically. And if somebody is is really lacking in every competency that we have established, you know, when we've done feedback surveys or engagement surveys, um, their their employees' engagement is really low. We've done what we think that we can for this person and they're just really not improving. There is that point where it's it's like, is this person going to be able to take us to the next level? And if the answer is no, then I think a business really needs to think hard about what those next steps are for the, the person in that seat. But I think it's also really important to call out if somebody is not cutting it for the next level, can is not going to be that person within that leadership role. We also need to approach that with empathy and humility and 
make sure that we're also taking care of that person because at the end of the day, we're all human and we should be treating everybody the way that we should, we would want to be treated. So really making sure that we're doing hyper care for that person and treating them with the most respect that we can. Got it. I like where this is going. All right, let's talk about the next step. So now we've done this assessment, we see where the gaps are, we're providing some type of training, whether it's highly personalized and or through a group. What do we do next? So we do training. I guess that is a really good question. We, we do all the training. We notice that people are progressing um, or not. So it's, it's really a decision after we provide all that training, who is taking this company to the next level and who maybe do we need to think about transitioning into a new role? So I think that's another step of it. But also, once you have gone through the assessment, you have your people in place that are going to take the company to the next level, the work doesn't stop, right? You, the training and coaching should always continue because there's always things that we can improve on you know, in our day-to-day job or in our leadership role. So making sure that we're still identifying those areas that people can develop and building those personalized development plans year over year um, through, you know, like performance review cycles and everything like that to ensure that after this period has happened, that we're not just like, okay, our work is done. It's a continuous process of learning and teaching. That's pretty interesting. As you were talking about that, it made me think about career pathing. And I wanted to know, does this process directly impact your career pathing and how you actually deliver that career path to people who are looking to move up? So for instance, after you do this assessment and then you see where you have gaps in leadership, does that impact how you're communicating now what the new career path looks like? for these roles? Yeah, exactly. Okay, great, great. What does that look like when it impacts that career path? Are you now updating it so that everyone who has aspiration to now move up now sees, actually, we thought that this is what we were looking for in leaders before, but we realized that this is what we're actually looking for in leaders now. And does it typically change that often or can it be wildly different in some circumstances or situations? Yeah, um, I definitely think this entire process really plays into the career pathing and getting people up the ladder into those positions that they want. So I think once you're going through this process, if the career path for um, somebody going into a leadership position has drastically changed, obviously you would need to update that and make sure everybody's aware. But then taking a look at those people who might want to move into a leadership position, you could start having conversations with them about, Hey, uh, we went through this process. We've updated the leadership competencies. We see that you want to go into a leadership position, or we see that you have the potential to go into the the leadership position. Let's start having you do different things. um, Or let's have you go to different trainings that will allow you to gain that experience that we need in order for you to move into the next level or a leadership position. So constantly updating the career paths if you know expectations have changed is really important. And then also providing that to employees to show how 
what they need to do to get to the next level is, is greatly important as well. And then that ties into performance reviews, right? So during the performance review process, you can help the employee build goals uh, that align with that next career path so that they can continuously work on that. Interesting. And the last question for you, Nikki, for everyone who's listening to this, that's trying to figure out if they already have a culture of leadership, is this something that you can feel in the organization? Is this something that you see? Is having a culture of leadership not necessarily something that you see, but it's more of a continuous process that you have? How do you know in general whether or not you either already have some type of culture of leadership or not, or you're totally missing the boat? Ooh, this is this is a really good question. So I think it's something that you can feel within an organization for sure, no matter what level you're at. Um, and I think one of the big tells here is are people aligned to the overall mission of the business? Do people understand which way the boat is rowing? Are, is everybody rowing in opposite directions? Is everybody siloed? Are people being collaborative across the business? And then also looking at engagement scores, right? So if you have very strong leadership in the business, everybody, that leadership is communicating uh, you know, the direction that the company is going and they're doing a really good job of that. And everybody's rowing in the, the same direction uh, that typically leads to a feeling of good leadership in the business, right? So if people are confused all the time or they don't know what's going on, um, I think that would be a good sign that maybe there are some gaps in leadership and there should be some focus on leadership in the future. Nikki, thank you so much for being such an awesome podcast guest. Really appreciate you sharing all of your learnings and experience of building a culture of leadership. And I'm sure that our audience found so much value in everything you shared. So thanks so much, Nikki. Woo! Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Nikki, where can people find you and LastPass online? Um, I am on LinkedIn. So if anybody wants to reach out to me and talk further about leadership or anything I discussed today, feel free to shoot me a message on LinkedIn and um, I'm happy to continue the conversation. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include all your contact info in the show notes. So for everyone listening out there who appreciated this interview as much as Nikki and I did making it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, if this is your very first time listening to our podcast and you either came here because you were already a huge super fan of Nikki and you wanted to hear what she was going to say, or you found the topic super compelling and you just had to hear about it, but now you're hungry for more interviews, please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.